Hey, good morning, Munchtropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Multiplex Log. That I didn't take the image of Tom Cruise down, though. Well, we're talking action sequels in uh, honor of Top Gun Maverick that comes out this weekend. I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, Payson, you watch everything that comes out, so I'm sure you're not going to watch Top Gun Maverick. Oh, absolutely no. I uh, I totally did not uh, already buy my IMAX tickets, and I totally did not get a reservation at the Rainforest Cafe beforehand. And I'm just going to be staying at home. <laughs> Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, Caleb. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I like action movies. I know these two gentlemen also like action movies. I know you like action movies, so I'm sure it's going to be a fun panel. And uh, Mike, yeah, DVD, the digital, the man, Mike Hanley is here. I think this is only like your second or third time on Logged It. Second time. time. You've been on Logged It more. I love. I love you being on Logged It more. (laughs) This like Mike's. Mike's legitimately just one of my favorite people. Period. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm with the man with the boat, so can't get anything better. When when Mike starts to give you like uh, a cool little catchphrase name, (laughs) it's legitimately one of the greatest. Or just when Mike like shouts your name when you're in a group chat, like that's yeah. Like Mike, Mike's just an awesome person. Anyway, we're gonna get started, and we're gonna first start off. Your favorite movie, a log this week. So, uh, John, I don't believe you've ever been on the show before. I'm going to let you start us off. What was your oh, favorite good. movie, a log this week? Good. Um, oh, that's a tough question. Um, I've been mulling this one over for a little bit. I think I'm going to go with a movie that I saw um, sort of like seven days ago, and it's called Rang de Basanti um, by, let me make sure I get this name right. I think it's Rakesh uh, Om Prakash. Uh, Mehra. Yes, that's right. Uh, it's a movie that stars um, Amir Khan. It's I've been on a like this year. I've been on sort of an Indian movie kick recently. It's a part of like I guess movies that I that I don't really know a ton about. Uh, I started it last year, and then uh, after seeing RRR in theaters earlier uh, this year, you know, it sort of re rejuvenated my exploration. But um, <laughs> this movie is. Uh, I don't know. It's it, there's a lot going on. So essentially, what happens is that there's this British woman, um, this British filmmaker that's trying to make a biopic about uh, a man named Bhagat Singh, who is like an Indian revolutionary fought for uh, Indian independence uh, back in the day, and travels to India to, uh, to 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 make this movie uh, to find actors. And she, um, one of her acquaintances from university, I guess, um, like just happens to be a part of this group of friends, which includes all of these young Indian actors, including uh, including Amir Khan. And they sort of become a part of this film. Um, the, the thing that's special about the movie is that like all of these characters are, are I guess, um, sort of westernized in a way. They're, they're not really conscious of sort of uh, the revolutionary politics of, of the movie that they're trying to make. 
Um, but after a series of sort of tragedies, the, these these four guys or these five guys kind of become, uh, I guess they, they, they become sort of revolutionaries in a sense, um, where they start to like, one of, one of their friends dies in like an air crash um, and, and the blame is on like the Indian government on like graft and greed uh, perpetrated by like the Indian government. And so what happens is that these uh, initially like carefree sort of Indian uh, college students that just, you know, like are messing around, getting drunk, you know, hitting on girls all of a sudden become like these almost like revolutionaries where they assassinate like a defense minister and they and they hijack like a radio station. It's it's very messy, but it's very it, I, it's very like there's sort of an unnerving sort of uh, spirit to it that I think is really interesting. Um, it's it's a Bollywood film, so of course it's also a musical. There are all kinds of musical numbers. Um, the tones are go go a little bit everywhere, right? It sort of ping pongs all over the place. But that's one of the things I find uh, kind of interesting about it. Uh, yeah, I think I'll keep it at that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was it's an interesting film. I wish I could say more about it, but. You know. Yeah, uh, I have not seen this. Uh, it took me a little bit to. I had to Google how to spell it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but you know, I, I do love it when uh, we get these kind of underseen films from, or at least underseen in the U.S. films from other countries. Kind of gives us a shout out because I know a lot of people in this community sometimes seem to be a little hesitant to watch uh, foreign movies or even not necessarily know where to start with them. So I uh, always love giving you a shout out and I will check this out. Uh, Payson, I'm going to guess you have not seen this. I have not, but it sounds very interesting. Uh, Mike, you you could have seen this. I wouldn't be shocked if you said, yeah, I've seen Ron. <laughs> I, I actually haven't, but it does sound really interesting. So it'll be on my list to watch. That it's great great. music. Sorry, if I could interject one more time. It's great music by A.R. Rahman, who did the music for um, Splumdog Millionaire. So, you know, there's that to the Okay, well, Mike, we'll go to you. What's your favorite movie you watched this week? Uh, it's a, a new horror movie, a Finnish yeah. horror movie called Hatching that just came out. It's about a 12-year-old gymnast that has an overbearing mother. She ends up finding a big-ass egg and it hatches into a fucking monster that kind of becomes her protector and starts like fucking people up for her it gets very fucking wild and very insane my type of movie i really enjoyed it i was i didn't really have any expectations going into it i saw it in uh, fangoria they talked about it a little bit on it this seems like out my alley and there was no monster fucking so you know that's always good to not have that in there but i mean you know, is it I that is fair. Uh, well, I have not seen Hatching. Uh, Payson, have you seen Hatching? I have heard of it. I was going to go see it, but it was out of theaters before I could go see it. But I really want to see this movie. That's fair. John, have you seen Hatching? Yeah, I haven't. But John Meyer uh, talked this up uh, a couple days ago. And I think it's on demand now. So I'll yeah. be checking it out at some point soon here. So. I'll be honest, a combination of this movie only being advertised by Mike Hanley and John Mark scared me a little bit. Uh, I feel like I could walk into a bad time. Um, Mike, is this a Boatman movie? I'll just ask that flat out. Probably not. Okay, <laughs> fair, probably not. Fair. No. 
anyway, uh, now we'll go to Payson. Payson, what's your favorite yeah. movie? So, like a lot of people in this community, some people in this community, they, they, they like to pick an Oscar category and just like go through all the movies. I'm doing that with, uh, with uh, original screenplay. So for the first time, I watched uh, On the Waterfront. Holy shit. This movie is incredible. Um, I think something that, like, people don't talk about enough with this movie is how good the supporting cast is. Specifically, Cobb, Malden, and um, Rod Steiger. Um, Carl Malden is so good as Father Barry. Like, his character weirdly kind of reminded me of Liev Schreiber in Spotlight. Like, the one guy who, like, comes in and is like, Hey, you kind of know this stuff is going on. Why have you not tried to like speak out about it? Um, so I thought I thought that was a really cool parallel. And like Lee Jacob is perfect as these types of villain characters. Uh, the story of Terry Malloy as someone who, yeah, that that was my first time watching it. Um, the story of Terry Malloy just being someone who like he's not blind to the corruption and the bad stuff that's going on, but he just doesn't really care about it. And then finally having a reason to care and stand up, I think is a really, really powerful story and a powerful message. Um, the writing from, I, I forget the screenwriter, but I've recognized the name before. It's not Elliot Zan. Elliot Zan directed it, but the direction of this movie is also incredible. Um, I love the score by Leonard Bernstein. Uh, I believe it's the only movie he actually scored and it's a gorgeous score, but no, I think On the Waterfront is an extremely powerful, and I understand why people consider it one of the greatest movies of all time. It's fantastic. Uh, I I wish that Elia Kazan wasn't a scumbag. Yeah, because, like, when you take into account the background of why he made this movie, it's yeah. like, oof. But if you remove the why and you just watch it as the movie, it's so great. It's so great. Uh, like Carl Malden is so good. Lee J. Cobb, man, Lee J. Cobb is just kind of like your perfect classic villain. Like yeah. a dude, what well, with still like an amount of humanity where he feels realistic, but still something where you have this drive to stop him. I also just love the climax of this movie. Like the last like five minutes with just Malloy walking. Like that is the most intense a person just walking will ever be in cinema it's just it is so good steiger's also like this movie just like the five main members of the cast are all fantastic steiger i believe what was this steiger's first movie i believe it was i don't know that for a fact but that could totally be the case fair fair and that i would not be shocked if that was steiger's first movie um because it, it's definitely earlier but yeah if it was that's an awesome first performance also like an uncredited uh martin balsam in there for two seconds yeah. uh like martin balsam i've said this before but martin balsam is one of those guys that you kind of know the ensemble your movie's going to have a great ensemble of martin balsam is yeah. there. Like, he's just kind of the king of, like, showing up in great movies. Dude has a top-notch filmography. Uh, Mike, uh, have you seen it on the waterfront? Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit, but it's definitely a good fucking choice. I, uh, you brought up uh, Lee J. Cobb, which I was going to bring up. Really, he's really fucking good in this. I enjoy it very much. Good pick, please. Thank you. Sorry. 
What? You froze there, isn't my turn? Oh yes, your your take on on the waterfront. Yeah, I mean it's it's a classic and it's a classic for a reason, you know. Good old it's a, a, like AFI top one hundred core and deservedly so. Uh, it's a great movie. It has incredible performances. I mean, you know, you've already spoken about uh, obviously like the, like Lee J Cobb and Carl Malden. Uh, of course, there's also Brando. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about Brando. <laughs> we don't talk about Brando. No, we don't. We don't. I mean, like, you know, there's there's a pre-Brando acting and sort of a post-Brando, you know, mm-hmm. style of acting. And I mean, it's been, again, it's been a second since I've seen this, maybe two years. I watched it for the first time during the pandemic. But, like, one thing I can recall is, is just, like, how fresh – like, I guess it feels, or at least specifically Brando's performance. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, like, his, his sort of style, I guess, sort of the method acting, it, it kind of gets memed on a little bit nowadays. But, like, it's really, it's really, really compelling here. Uh, the, the opening act is really great. And like you said, I'm glad you mentioned the Bernstein score, too, because um, even if it, like, I remember it being a little bit intrusive during the actual film, but, I mean, it's a great score and a great to listen to just on its own. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Eve Marie Saint is really great, and that's her uh, first acting role, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm. Um, yeah, she's uh, really, really great in that. And um, yeah, the uh, the allegory, the straw man, sort of straw man yeah. allegory that Kazan cooks up um, doesn't really hold up, but yeah, you know, whatever. It's a great film, so absolutely. Uh, well, now we get into my pick. And hey, Payson, you ready to smile? Yes. Yeah! This was my favorite movie I watched this week. Uh, I finally got around to, I because of finals and stuff, I did not really get a chance to watch uh, some of the newer releases that had come out recently. Everything, everywhere, all at once, I finally saw on Thursday. And oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, was this great. Uh, I love this movie so much. The uber-specific references in this hit me so hard. I'm not just talking about the the one to a certain Pixar movie, though I love that one. There's also one. There was a small reference to a very specific song from the early 2000s that got me going so much, and I loved it. Uh, But beyond that, this movie, like... It feels like four different genres playing at the same time, which is kind of the point. Uh, And I think it hits all of those genres just spectacularly. Like, it does so many things, and it hits aces out of all of them. I absolutely love this. Michelle Yeoh is uh, so great. Everyone in the cast is fantastic. Like, legitimately, just, like, knocking it out of the park. I, I enjoyed the heck of this. Jamie Lee Curtis is really good here. Uh, every Everyone's just fantastic. Um, I I really dug the heck out of this. The direction's great. The editing in it. This movie doesn't get the best editing nomination. I will punch a wall. I will punch a wall. <laughs> I will go full on Adam Driver. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Mike? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is my number one of the year so far. I fucking love this movie. It was—I was really looking forward to it because of the Daniels and the return of Kihu Kwan, which I don't—I think the last time we had seen him was in 2002, and he fucking knocked it out of the park. 
my favorite part of the fucking movie is just following him the entire time. He's fucking amazing in this. Jamie Lee Curtis is so funny. It's just so insane and so wacky that I got I just enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, John. Yeah, I also really, really enjoyed it, and I almost like can't really say a ton about it. Bit, like I can't really almost can't say like a ton about it because it's there's just like so much there that like it's almost hard to like have thoughts because it is it is an exhausting film. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. In a very good way. Like there is like there's so much to take in. Like you know, it came out in like you know a span of three weeks where there was what RRR and ambulance all like at the same time. You just have like these giant like maximalist films. Um, but yeah, although like. We just compared everything everywhere else. Oh, my God. What I mean, and I got a little sad. <laughs> Not what I mean. Like, I mean that, like, it's it's their movies where like lots of stuff is happening, right? I'm giving you crap, yeah, John. I know. I know. Yeah, I was just okay. I'll just say something real, like last, real quick. Um, just although, like, I, I grew up in a family that you know wasn't didn't strictly like have the same experiences as like the ones in uh and everything everywhere all at once like as an asian person like watching a movie like this you know and having those you know the, like those family dynamics all of those like concerns that they have play out on the screen um that was you know really important to me personally i know it's important to lots of people too that go and see it and i think it's amazing that um you know a movie you know a24 artsy fartsy kind of thing uh, that it's doing so well with such, you know, stiff competition at the box office. I think that's really important. And I think that, you know, speaks volumes to the kind of things, you know, that people want to see, you know, at the movies. So, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm stoked that this movie's doing well because, you know, the, like it or not, the truth about the system is that movies that do well, there are more movies like those movies. And I'm totally okay with the universe where, we get more movies like everything everywhere all at once. Uh, so Payson, you yeah. hate this movie. Uh, absolutely despise it. Uh, this movie made me want to just hang from the ceiling. Like I was, I was so mad. No, but legit, like I adore this movie with all my heart. Uh, I coincidentally enough, I went to go see this movie for a second time today. And when I walked in there, it's Tuesday, one o'clock. The theater is still like half full. Like, there are still so many people that are still going out to check this movie out, and it makes me so, so happy. Um, what I would compare this movie in a way to, it, it reminds me of movies like Magnolia or Synecdoche, New York, where just one, or well, in this case, two people have so many ideas and so many themes in their mind, and instead of making multiple movies, they're just like, we're going to put everything that we are thinking right now into one movie, and that is why I love it with all my heart, just the way how this movie says, how this movie says just, oh, how, how would I describe this movie? The world sucks, but that's okay. Because you have people in your life that are going to help you and they will support you. There is a scene where Evelyn, which is Michelle Yeoh's character, is talking to her father about what um, K.U. Kwan's character means to her. And second time, I teared up. Um, any movie that has a reference to a Wong Kar Wai movie and a Satoshi Kon movie, I will love. Um, there are so many visual gags that will just kill you i love this movie with all my heart yeah oh it's i i 
enjoyed this so much. Uh, so now we move on to the lesser half of the coin. Your least favorite movie you'll log this week. Okay, Mike, we'll start with you. What's something trash? Okay, so um, let me make sure I get the. I'm genuinely terrified of any movie that Mike (laughs) doesn't like because Mike enjoys a lot of things. Yeah, no, it's true. It breaks Mike. I would probably (laughs) die trying to watch it. So it's. Fuck. It's just. uh, It's a movie. It's called The Ginger Dead Man. With Gary Busey as a killer. You watch that again? Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember that was like your lowest rated one. Yeah. And like, oh my gosh. What? <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to explain what the fuck is actually happening in this. Um, and just a killer Gary Busey as a ginger dead man seems very entertaining, but it's not at all it's extremely fucking cheap he's not that good in it and the acting is fucking ter- just everything about this is pretty much fucking terrible the kills are unimaginative the story is crap <laughs> you would think it would be a good movie but <laughs> this one is not at all yeah i do not have fun with this movie at all and i decided that we watch it for some fucking strange reason i don't know why i thought maybe hey maybe it'll go up for me no it didn't at all yeah um so why did you rewatch it legitimately okay legitimately um my friend she came over and i told her pick any horror movie that you want and we'll watch it. And she goes, I've never seen Ginger Dead Man. I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Save <laughs> your friend. Save your friend and don't I wanted to. But she really wanted to watch it for some strange <laughs> fucking reason. So I'm like, all right. Psychopathy. But okay. Uh, John, Pace, and I assume neither of you have seen 2005. No, but I'm sold. So. Hey, so remember when you said if you get a recommendation from only Mike and John Marr, it scares you? Yeah. Well, this is a movie that has only been seen by Mike Hanley and John Mars. So. <laughs> I'm terrified. I think I would. I think I would genuinely have a panic attack. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I won't make that. Anyway, uh, we'll move on uh, to John. John, what was your least favorite movie you watched this? Uh, sure. I mean, I watched, I mean, most, I didn't really dislike any of the movies that I watched, but I think the movie that I probably liked the least was the new Alex Garland film, Men, which I saw in theaters. Um, <laughs> um, I don't, since it's new, I don't really want to talk uh, at, at too much detail, like with at too much length or with too much detail, just because I don't want to spoil it for people. But um, it's... <laughs> I don't, I don't even really know where to start. It's 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 very like heavy-handed. I think that's that's sort of one of the main takeaways that people are, are coming out with this. It, with the title is men, right? You, you have a feeling that like there's going to be you know discussions about sort of gender politics and that kind of thing, um, and it does. And it is it is very unsubtle. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that it's also couched in this like the discuss like discussions about like you know sort of violence and and 
and, and just like the way that me, men treat women, um, it, it's packaged in this very kind of obnoxious, uh, surreal horror, you know, typical like A24 sort of elevated horror treatment at the end, which I'm not like necessarily against. In fact, I, I loved watching it on the big screen. My, my, my showing had these um, very like sort of elderly women, like a trio of like maybe 60 something women. And it was a blast to watch them sort of react to it in real time. Uh, also, if, if, you, if you're listening to that, for some reason, random women living in West Lafayette, uh, you made it all the way through. Congratulations. But it's, um, it's just, yeah, it, it's just like this movie just sort of reflects kind of a direction in terms of style and form that um, I think is a little bit overplayed. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just very unsubtle with sort of a lot of kind of undercooked ideas and also sort of undercooked writing as well. Don't get me wrong, Roy, uh, Roy Kinnear and um, Jesse Buckley, great. They're great, obviously. But, um, you know, the writing, you don't you don't get like really fully fleshed characters. And I feel like with, with when you're handling a topic such as this one, it's, it's kind of important to have that put all together. Yeah. I didn't see that comment. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, Payson? Yeah. Um, I also saw it. I think I liked it probably a little more than John. This is definitely my least favorite of Alex Garland's three movies that he's directed. I love his other two. I adore Ex Machina and Annihilation. Um, the performances are excellent, specifically from Rory Kinnear, who has such a difficult job in this movie. Um, I will give this movie credit. I think it is amazing at building tension. I think the tension you get when Jesse Buckley's character is just at her house and just slowly things are going on, I think is excellent. I think where it fails a little is in the writing. Like John says, I think it is very heavy handed in the topics that handle, I can think of movies that have done it better. I think specifically, I think I would recommend people watch The Last Duel if they have not. I think it handles this subject way better in my opinion. Um, and the ending of the movie is going to be a love it or hate it sort of thing. <laughs> I wasn't really a fan of it. I'm not spoiling it in any way. But overall, I do think the positives outweigh the negatives. But I do not love this movie, personally. That is fair. Uh, well, uh, oh, Mike, you I haven't seen this. Mike, I haven't seen it either. Why <laughs> have not seen this yet, actually? It seems like one not movie. a Boatman movie. Not oh, a Boatman movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I assume it's not about it's a good date gen good date movie generally though. Like, Absolutely not. Absolutely. Don't listen to Payson. It's a great date movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna take your advice on that because <laughs> I want to still have a girlfriend. Uh, so now, uh, now we will go over to who who just went. Oh yeah, Payson, we'll go over to you. Yeah, um so I was on call with Cameron Redshaw last night. He was drunk, drunk Redshaw's bun. So after we got off call, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get drunk. And I decided to fire up Netflix and I watched Due Date. Due Date is a bad movie. Uh, this is a Netflix favorite among many people. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a guy. He's trying to get across country in order to uh, get to his uh, wife who is giving birth. Along the way, he gets put on a no-fly list because Zach Galifianakis' character is super annoying. And that's the issue. Like, it's trying to rip off planes, trains, and automobiles. And with that, they're obviously trying to make Zach Galifianakis the uh, the Del Griffith character. But they took away... They amplified all the hateable things about that character, and they took away all the lovable things. So at the end of the day, you're just like, okay, why do I care? Uh, this movie's just kind of derivative, if I'm being honest. Like, uh, all the beats you think are going to happen 
are going to happen. Uh, there is one funny bit with Danny McBride in the middle, uh, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, this movie isn't very good. Yeah, uh, I have not seen Due Date. I've heard it's just kind of hangover light yeah. and just kind of trying to, you know, capitalize off of Zach Galifianakis' fame and Todd Phillips' fame at the time. Uh, Mike, have you seen Due Date? You seem like you've seen Due Date. Yes, I have. And it's basically a poor man's planes, trains, and automobiles. Not very good at all. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, John? Uh, no, I have not seen it. Fair enough. Well, now we go to me. So, um, you know, there's there's a division uh, in trivia called fandom. fandom. And if you want to play in fandom, <laughs> uh, you have to you have to watch some movies that are in fandom. Uh, and one of those movies. Uh, one of the categories is DreamWorks, and one of those movies in that category is uh, the Boss Baby Family Business. I was shocked by how much I didn't hate the first The Boss Baby. Like, it's not a good movie, but, like, I think the thing that helps it is that, like, it's presented from, like, the mind of a child. So, like, you can kind of get away with some of the dumber aspects. Whereas in this one, they completely remove that wall entirely and just say no this is all a hundred percent real within the movie and that makes it worse also like just everything about it is just kind of significantly worse or more annoying uh a lot more a lot more dumb baby humor a lot more just it's it's just an obnoxious movie it's it's truly obnoxious and miserable Payson. Have you seen the Boss Baby Family Business? It was a recent release at one point when you were watching movies. Surprisingly, no. Uh, I always end up seeing different things. I love how this section can sometimes just be the fandom player's therapy hour. And I think that's really helpful for what like log that is made. But no, I have I have not seen these movies. John? Uh, Mike. I've seen the first one, not the second one. That is fair. Uh, first one got an Oscar nomination over the Lego movie, though. <laughs> or the Lego Batman movie, excuse me. And that's disgusting. It's it really is gross. Uh, so, I believe that's the end of our worst. Now we're getting into action sequels. Um, oh, that is a fair point. Uh, anyway, now we're getting into action sequels. Uh, John, I'll let you pray. Uh, sure. So, um, I'm a big, uh, when I say I'm like, I, I like action movies, but I think sort of my bread and butter is, is martial arts films, specifically like sort of martial arts from Hong Kong. That's kind of an area that I really like. Um, one of my favorite series from, from Hong Kong is the, the police story series starring Jackie Chan. And my favorite entry from that is police story three, super cop. And Mike, I think. Yeah. No, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so police story three super cop or just super cop here in the u.s um so this movie is like it's incredible it's one of my favorite movies like top 20 for sure um how to describe it so basically jackie chan uh resumes his role as as kevin or kakai if you're watching the cantonese dub um and he's been called to take care of some some drug runners some drug smugglers on the main in the mainland and he teams up with uh, 
a police officer from China. Uh, he uh, Jackie Chan is a royal Hong Kong police officer, so it's still a colony at this point. Um, uh, and he teams up with a, with a mainland Chinese police officer played by Michelle Yeoh. And the movie is just them trying to track down these these two. It, it's the first sort of like buddy cop um, sort of formula that they try in the police story series. Uh, a lot of people don't love this one. I think this one is totally underrated because um, it's just awesome. Um, specifically, the last like 20 minutes of this, there is a there is a very long chase sequence in Kuala Lumpur where it's just like it kind of has to be seen to be believed. On on the press tour for Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, I think Michelle Yeoh has has sort of talked about this movie a little bit. And she said that the movie is kind of just like, it's just kind of like a contest between Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh to see who can do like the bigger stunt, right? So you'll have in this specific chase, you'll have a scene where Michelle Yeoh like falls off of a moving car and almost like hits the pavement and almost gets run over by Jackie, only for it to cut to a scene of Jackie Chan, like literally just hanging on with his two hands, you know, in the air from a helicopter flying like hundreds of feet, you know, running into billboards and stuff. Uh, there's obviously an amazing set piece on a train, Mike. I'm, I'll let you talk about that a little bit, um, which is amazing. Um, a lot of people sort of latch onto that last section, but I think the the part that comes before the, the first 90 minutes is like very also like very enjoyable. Um, it, get, it takes a second to get moving, but um, oh, this is also the first um, crime crime police story movie that doesn't that isn't directed by Jackie Chan. It's directed by Stanley Tong. Uh, Mr. Magoo himself, right? And it's uh, it's it's a little bit anomalous, I guess, in, in Jackie Chan's oeuvre because it, it's it's shot a little bit differently. There isn't as much like kung fu comedy necessarily. Um, it, it almost like it almost seems like they're trying to gesture towards like a James Bond type story because there's also lots of like you know kind of like globe hopping and stuff that go from uh, Hong Kong to China to Thailand to to to, to Malaysia, etc. But um, yeah, it's great. There's great action. It's funny even though I just said there isn't like as much straight like action comedy, um, amazing stunts. There's a kind of a weird gunfight in the middle of it, like where it transitions from like Jackie Chan's usual fare. Uh, Jackie Chan doesn't do like a ton of gunfight stuff, but um, to, to, to almost like a heroic bloodshed thing, like something that you might see like in a, like a John Woo or like a Choi Hark movie, sort of like a love and death in Saigon kind of vibe. But yeah, it's great. I love it. It's, it's really funny. Um, also touches on sort of like that uh, like that pre-handover anxiety because five years after the movie came out, um, well, I guess the movie is about like sort of Hong Kong cooperating with China, their police forces, and then uh, you know five years later, you know Hong Kong sort of becomes a part of China, uh, and they and they mentioned that at the very end of the film, the very last line. So it's pretty funny. I'm sure there's a reading there somewhere, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, my favorite. Um, I've never seen a single police story film. I've been recommended the first one by Paul. Oh yeah, I've been meaning to check it out. Um, Mike, I, I, I assume you haven't seen Police Story Three. I have not, but I think we got to give props to John for just pulling out the director of Mr. Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> the most unique pulls, like, oh yeah, Mr. Magoo himself is like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> That's like the funny thing, right? Like Stanley Tong. Yeah, like you want to put one on one together. Like it's crazy that they're directed. We're talking about the Leslie Nielsen remake of the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what even is real life? <laughs> Mike, thoughts on? I you've actually seen this movie. Thoughts on Police Story Three: Supercop? Oh yes. Um, uh, I grew up watching a shitload of Jackie Chan. I love 
the 90s, 80s and 90s Jack Chan is my bread and butter. I love these movies, and this one especially is so fucking fantastic. John brought up the train sequence, which Michelle Yeoh does an insane stunt with a dirt bike, jumping off a hill onto a fucking moving train, and it, she could have easily fucking flown off this and died right then and there, and it would have been over for her. And it's just, these stunts are fucking so insane. I love the fight choreography of Jackie Chan movies because he takes it so fucking seriously, but he does it in such a comedic way that you just have a good time with it. Um, the stuff with um, uh, his uh, uncle, uh, Bill Tung, is fucking hilarious, <laughs> who appears in a lot of his movies, and he's always fucking fantastic in it. Their back and forth is great, but Michelle Yeoh and Jackie Chan together are fucking fantastic. Their chemistry is off the charts. They're so funny together. Yeah, this is the perfect choice for a sequel action movie. If I can interject what, uh, two more things, if you don't mind, Boatman. Um, so one, Maggie Chung has a crazy stunt here that doesn't get talked about enough. Maggie Chung is in this. She plays Kakoi's girlfriend, Jackie Chan's girlfriend, also in the first two. Here she she doesn't have as big of a role. But there's an insane stunt where somebody just throws her out of like a helicopter, like 15 feet. And I never see people talk about that, but that's like a crazy stunt. And also I've seen this, I've seen both versions. So I've seen the the Cantonese dub, which I watched earlier today, and um, the American dub as well, which is slightly altered. They cut some scenes. Uh, Jackie and Michelle Yeoh do their own uh, dubbing, but something that might be of interest to you, Boatman, is that the, the soundtrack to that movie is incredible. Um, there is an original song by Devo called Super Cop that they wrote specifically for the end credits of that movie, which yeah. is great. And then there's also like just the movie also just straight like they replace all of the original music from the, the, the Hong Kong version with like a bunch of 90s hip hop and rap, which is hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> I'll be uh, honest, I feel like you kind of just sold me on yeah. watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is so good. It is so good. So good. You don't even have to watch the first two. Um, no. And it's, it's probably my favorite. That's a little bit of a hot take. But it's my favorite of the franchise. And also, Mike, there's a sequel to this one called Super Cop 2 with just Michelle Yeoh, which you should definitely check out because that one's also good. Uh, Rambo's it with the title. Hmm? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Super Cop. Meet the cop that can't be stopped. I assume the Hot Fuzz joke is a reference. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's go to Mike. Mike, what is your pick uh, for action sequel? Oh. Fuck it. Yeah, Indiana Jones Last Crusade. Gotta bring it up. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is fucking incredible. The opening with fucking River Phoenix as young Indy, you find out so much in just that sequence. You get the fucking chin shot, you get the snakes, you get the hat. You fucking, his entire personality in just that first 15 minutes of the movie. The action sequences are so fucking fun. And it's just like, I just love the indie punches. The indie punches are so unique and so out there. The fucking whip of a punch that they do is fucking fantastic. The chemistry between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery is off the charts. They are so fucking fantastic together. I just love the back and forth between them and how Sean Connery basically looks down on him the entire movie up until the end. The, uh, the following of the Holy Grail is so much fun, and the treasure hunting part of this movie is off the charts fantastic. It's such a great movie. It's in my top 20 of all time. I love the Indiana Jones movies, and this was a perfect ending to the Indiana Jones story, for sure. 
Uh, yeah, uh, this is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I dig the heck out of this. I feel like making it a little bit more of a buddy cop movie with Indiana and Henry being able to play out of each other is such great. This movie is like has so many great moments of like blending of action and comedy. I love the sequence where they're trying to escape. Uh, the fire in like the, the Nazi hideout, and like there's the trap door that's revolving, and like they're like switching between the the Nazi shooting at them and the fire that's taking over, and it's such a great sequence, uh, and all the traps and stuff towards the end of the movie, and like the the actual quest to get the grill is great. This this movie just rocks. Loves this. Love this one. Uh, Payson. Yeah, Last Crusade is so much fun. Um, Raiders, I want to say Raiders is still probably my favorite, but Last Crusade is getting closer and closer every single time I watch it. Uh, the interactions between Ford and Connery are so good. Like, Connery is so great. Like, I, I'd have to look at 89. I might give him an Oscar nomination for this movie. Like, I think he is incredible in this film. Um, just the, oh, she... She talks in her sleep. It's like so, so good. And as a kid, I didn't get that, but now I do. Um, and just, and just the heartfelt moments of like the culmination of this movie, like when he finally reaches out to his son, he's just like Indiana, just let it go. You feel every moment of that. And it, I, I saw it on Twitter a few weeks. Maybe the funniest moment in any Spielberg movie is when Indy is hyping up um, uh, Marcus Brody, saying, like, dude, this guy is going to kill you. This guy is already searching for you. And he's, I forget which country he is, and he's just like, hello? Can anyone speak English? It's one of the funniest edits you'll ever see in movies. And just, like, yeah, the set pieces, the gauntlet of when they're trying to get to Holy Grail is great. Of course, the opening River Phoenix is uh, legendary. Like, yeah, th this movie's so much fun. No question. Uh, John? Yeah, I saw that circulating on Twitter the other day, Payson. So thank you for bringing that up. That's great. Um, I haven't seen this in a while. Um, I'm checking my letterbox. And I gave it three stars for some reason. I can't remember why. Um, so I'll probably have to rewatch that soon to make sure. Because um, I don't, because everything that you guys have said, is, it, I, I also believe. Like, I think, besides the fact, besides Boatman saying that it's like his favorite, because I, I like Raiders more. But um, yeah, every I like. I mean, I can't really add to any of that. I, I think it's also a pretty good movie. I, I like the real, the last gauntlet, um, sort of the stakes when when Sean Connery's character is you know is shot. Um, it's just very like intense and moving. It's very cool. Uh, love the blimp scene. What no ticket? You know, it's good. Um, also, Allison Duty. She's an RRR. Have I happened to mention that I like RRR? Um, yeah, she plays like an evil British lady in that movie. Uh, and so, yeah, I like her in this one too. It's cool. Big fan. I'll have to watch it again soon. That's fair. Uh, well, I believe that was everyone for Last Crusade. Now we go to me for my first pick. I have a legit. I my my first pick was going to be Last Crusade. So all the people say, "Oh, oh, Boatman and Coho are turning into each other." I, I, I no, shut up. This is a legitimately great Tekken action movie. It is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Fist. Legitimately a fantastic action movie. Uh, I, I like this more than the first one. I feel like the way 
it shows all the characters trying to double crossing cross each other works so much for me. Everybody has their own reason to get the chess, and it's so fun. I love the final fight on the island uh, with the three-way sword fight and then the spinning wheel. Such a brilliantly directed action scene. I, I love the way they bring uh, back uh, Norrington into this. Like that's and his character introduction is so awesome. Davy Jones's introduction is fantastic, and who can forget? Like legitimately a fantastic like end line of so tell me what's become of my shit. Fantastic. Love this movie. Uh, great. Payson, pass on Dead Man's Chest. So let me tell you something. This was the Avengers Endgame to eight-year-old Payson. There was not a single movie in my life beforehand that I was more excited to see than this movie. And it completely... Oof. Uh, a completely, completely incredible. Uh, yeah, just the effort. Like, the amount of skill and craft that Brabinski puts into the direction of this movie is so good like you can it it, it it just feels epic and it feels intense and i i don't know what it is just about like at least those first two pirates movies they just feel bigger and grander than so many more blockbusters that you watch that you just what they're just so electric in a way um jack Sp johnny depp is jack sparrow one of the greatest casting decisions of all time like he was born to play that role this might be the best of that character um i remember as a kid i could not fathom that um um i could not really fathom that like the norrington from the first movie is now the norrington in the second movie like i had no like for some reason i thought like that can't be the same character just because he's all like rugged and shit uh but it is the same guy uh but no uh the the, the score the score by Hans zimmer officially is incredible um the visual effects that they use for Davy Jones still hold up to this day. And yeah, just that climax on the mill, mill, mill wheel uh, between all three men, just fighting it out. Or, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. John, <laughs> I haven't seen it. So. Oh, wow. Mike. Yeah. I love this movie. This movie is so like, I give co shit all the time for the pirate shit, but yeah, I generally love this movie. You guys have both said it perfectly. I was so great about this. And just Johnny Depp, by his, when they first encounter uh, Johnny Depp on the island and all the shit with him is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think this is a great choice. Absolutely. Well, now we go over to Payson. Yeah, uh, this is not only my favorite action sequel, it's my favorite action movie of all time. It's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, this is one of the movies that made me fall in love with movies. Uh, I want to say this was what the, these two movies were the first R-rated movies I ever saw. Uh, so it was a very formulative uh, experience in my life. Uh, what James Cameron does with this movie, he takes what works about the Terminator, first Terminator, and just made it bigger. And sometimes that doesn't work, but here it absolutely does. Um, the highway choice, the, the highway chase between. Um, Arnie, John Connor, and the T-1000 the semi-truck is still to this day one of my favorite action scenes of all time. Uh, I honestly up there with Michael Corleone, one of my favorite two movie character like two movie character arcs is Sarah Connor in this franchise. Going from 
the waitress that we see that just got out of college in the first movie to becoming the badass that we know she is in T2, um, I just think is incredible. Um, yeah, just like, I know everyone makes fun of Edward Furlong in this movie. I, I admit he's not great. It doesn't ruin it for me. Um, I think Robert Patrick is still terrifying. Just how like cold and emotionless he is. And just, you cannot stop this man. He can be the floor. He can be the wall. It's terrifying. And yeah, one of the moments in movies that still makes me, gives a tear to my eye to this day is the thumbs up as he falls down. It's maybe my favorite death scene of all time. I love this movie with all my heart. Uh, John. I'm embarrassed to say that I also haven't seen this. So. Oh, wow. Mike. Oh, yeah. I Four-year-old Mike seeing this in the theater. Fucking fantastic fucking experience. I love the hell out of this movie. This movie's so amazing. Uh, Payson brought up the floor, him turning into floor sequence. Uh, yeah. Has my greatest twins of all time from Gremlins 2. Fucking love those guys. Those guys are fucking amazing in this. And then um, uh, the scene of Arnie facing off with the SWAT team inside the Skynet building is fucking incredible. And no one unloads a shotgun, reloads a shotgun like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nobody fucking does it like him. It's so fucking great. If it wasn't for Edward Furlong's performance, uh, this movie would be a five star. Legitimately. Uh, I think this is one of the most well-crafted action movies ever made. Uh, it is legitimately like the the highway chase sequence with the, the semi-truck is so good. So good. Uh, and like you say, Robert Patrick is a terrifying villain. Um, yeah, this, this movie rocks. Uh, yeah, I believe that's everyone for T2. Now, we go back to John. John, your next pick. Uh, I'm debating whether or not to do this. I think I'll just do it again. Um, I'm going to go with another another martial arts film, a kung fu film. Uh, uh, one that I saw this year and one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year that's new to me. It's called SPL2, A Time for Consequences. Or it's or just uh, Kill Zone 2 in America. Um, this film came out in, I want to say 2014, 2015. Um, it stars a lot of action stars that I really like. Tony Jaa, uh, Wu Jing. Wu Jing is probably best known for his role in the Wolf Warrior films. I don't know if people have seen that. Uh, if anybody is trying to get through the uh, box office mojo top 100, Wolf Warrior 2 is like one of the you know, the top grossing in China, or I guess a couple of months ago, the film, The Battle of Lake Ch uh, the Battle of Lake Changjing, which is one of the highest grossing movies of 2021. Um, he's in that too. And then uh, also another guy that I really like, well, there, there are lots of people I like in this movie. So Zhang Jin, uh, who is in some of the Ip Man movies, Louis Ku, who's one of my favorite 90s uh, Hong Kong films. Basically, okay, let me get into the plot. The, the movie is basically, um, Tony Ja plays the father of this, of this girl with a rare blood type, um, and uh, of a rare of a rare blood disease, I mean, and he's trying to find a donor, and he kind of like fudges fudges his way in a little bit, sort of illegally, to try and find a donor, and he eventually gets a match um, of this uh, of this undercover cop played by Wu Jing, uh, but at the same time, there's also this other uh, like gangster mob sort of like this mobster that's in charge of the, like this organ trafficking ring that also has a similar disease that also needs like this transplant too. And so that's where a lot of the conflict comes. A, a lot of these players don't even like rec know like who like each other are, I guess. Um, 
like the plot is very Byzantine. Like it's there's a lot going on. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky to keep track of how much is going on, but that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is because like the first major set piece that you get comes like almost an hour in. Before that, you get to see uh, actors that wow. like Tony Jaw. He gets to do like this whole sort of family melodrama thing, which is something that you don't get to see a ton with uh, Tony Jaw. He doesn't really get to flex his like actual thespian muscles, I guess, which is interesting. But um, once the action does get going, it is it is brutal. I mean, it is like like the raid sort of level of brutality, but instead of like getting really grungy with it, like it's very like heavily formalist. Like it's it's really like there's a lot of care when it comes to editing and stuff. The, the director of it, his name is uh, I think Cheng uh, Cheng Pusoi, or yeah, I think I got that right. Um, he studied with a, one of another one of my favorite directors, Johnny Toe, who's like very famous for having like a very specific kind of. Um, very specific editing style like a very he, he's very like on sort of i don't really know how to describe his direction any more than just like he, he pays a lot of attention and he's very good at it and he has a very distinct sort of action editing style and um the the, the fights are amazing um they're brutal but they also incorporate like wild work they're almost like expressionist in a way i know that's kind of a weird way to like describe it but um, yeah, there's a prison riot scene that I think rivals the Raid 2 in terms of sheer, uh, you know, composition, things that are happening. Yeah, it's an amazingly choreographed film, too, because you have, like, all of your standard kung fu, but then you have Tony Jaws, like, Muay Thai style, which is, you know, throwing elbows and stuff. It's more brutal. And they, too, mix really well. And then Zhang Jin, uh, you know, plays this amazing villain. He's sort of the heavy of the film. Um, very sleek guy, always really, you know, well dressed and just doing all sorts of crazy kung fu stuff yeah it's great the final sort of fight which takes place in this big um this big white art deco room is really amazing and something something to see the second he takes out the tonfas mm -hmm. wujing it, it all held their exclusive and it's great sorry okay. went over long but yeah it's oh, you're okay uh that sounds interesting uh pace i'm gonna assume you definitely haven't seen, I've not seen mike you might have been shocked you know, it's not out of their own possibility, but no, I have not seen this. Fair enough. Well, uh, Mike, we're over to you, though. Take your first pick. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So Jake, uh, you know, mentioned it twice already, so fuck it. Mad Max Fury Road. Fucking love the hell out of this movie. The movie's fucking incredible. Tom Hardy as Max in this is fucking great. And the practical stunts of the war of pigs going back and forth on the fucking poles is out of this fucking world amazing. Like, it's just, the stunts in this are so incredible. The, the things he's able to pull off in the fucking desert with all these people is nuts. With especially the budget they had, it's fucking incredible. It's just nonstop action from the beginning to the end, just fucking go, go, go. And I just love the fact that they have a dude with the guitar that plays it while they're chasing them. They got to have their own music on there chasing down the the war rig. So they use that guy to fucking do the music. The music is fucking, the soundtrack in this, the score is by Chunky XL. Amazing. I fucking listen to it all the time. It's so incredible. I love the hell out of this. Morton Joe is such a great fucking villain. He is so amazing. And his death scene is incredible. Yeah. Um, like Jake said, it's the best of this century for sure. Uh, well, 
I, I, I'm kind of in the middle camp on Fury Road. I'm not in the middle camp. I'm in the positive camp, but not the positive camp that is like, wow, guys, this movie is like the greatest of all time. I'm in the camp of like, yeah, this is, this is a really well-directed action movie that I don't love necessarily like everyone else does, but I completely respect it because it's a, it's a completely like, it, the action sequences are fantastic. I don't. I think my biggest problem is I don't necessarily like connect connect with the characters. I don't. They're not super complex characters, right? It's very simple motivations. You kind of you know. Okay, character would want to get to point A from point B for this reason, and it's it's. And I do kind of respect that that it's not trying to go over complicated. But there's a point where. All of the chase sequences. There's a point where I get a little exhausted with it, but I get that's the same reason why I don't like it, or the exact reasons why other people do. So I, and even then, like I said, I enjoy this movie. I think it's good. It just I don't get the hype for it that everyone else has, but I think it's good. Uh, Payson. Yeah, I talked about this movie a few weeks ago. Uh, this is one of my favorite like theatrical experiences of all time. I do adore this movie. Um, I think what you said, though, Bo, is really well said, where I think the simplicity of it, the way how it works for me and a lot of other people's, uh, uh, some people it's just not going to work. For, did I really just say people's? Holy shit. For some people, it's just not going to work for them as well, uh, for them either. And honestly, I that's totally fair. That's okay. But yeah, like Mike said, I didn't bring it up last time. The Doof Warrior is legit. He's amazing. He is just there to pipe up his soldiers and just rock out. When he gets knocked off his guitar, he's not like, oh, man, I got to go kill Max. He's like, no, I just want to get back to my guitar. I just want to play. That's awesome. I love it. That's fair, John. Um, so I haven't seen all of it. I have seen part of it or most of it, and then I fell asleep and then haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch it uh, in its entirety. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'd probably fall into – boatman's camp here where I, I respect it a lot i think it's a you know uh of course like i'm always I'm, i always love sort of practical effects and 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 how it sort of marries practical with digital it's it's seamless uh you know politically subversive uh to borrow from a, a letterboxd review that um i saw a little bit ago i can't remember exactly who who wrote that but um yeah i like it i need to finish it sorry fair enough uh, well, now we go into my pick, and I am going with... Uh, there was a lot of discussion in the comments about this franchise and which one was the best one from this franchise, and you're all wrong. It's Fallout. Fallout is the best Mission Impossible movie. I love how this is the... Like, the thing about all of the first five Mission Impossible movies is that they all feel like they can be watched within the bubble, Right? You can go into Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation or three or two or whatever without having seen any of the others because they, they're they not consequential movies, right? Sure, you need three in order to understand like the post credit scene of Ghost Protocol. Even then, you don't really because they explain it all, right? They all just kind of exist within this bubble. Fallout breaks that bubble. And says no. We're gonna bring back things from one. We're gonna, you know, make Julia more important. We're gonna do all these things. And I think, and you know, it directly connects from Rogue Nation. And you really need to have actually seen Rogue Nation in order to follow it to work. There's also just a lot of fantastic action. 
I think that uh, August Walker is a great character. Henry Cavill rocks the stash, and legitimately uh, glad. I, I'd rather have Superman's dumb baby mouth uh, than lose Henry Cavill's awesome stash. Uh, yeah, this this movie rocks. Um, the action sequences are great. Love the heck out of it. Payson. Yeah, um, I want to say we talked about Rogue Nation a little while back, and uh, it goes back and forth between this and Fallout as my favorite. Um, I do still think my favorite action scene in the entire franchise is the motorcycle scene, uh, but I still do love what Fallout does. I think bringing back uh, Michelle Monaghan as Ethan's wife I think was a really good, nice touch. Henry Cavill is awesome. Um, remind me, Kaiser, stop. Uh, remind me. Is this the one where IMF turns on Ethan Hunt? That's all of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, was confused for a second. Um, this is really, the one where that doesn't happen. It's not the IMF. <laughs> it, it's the CIA, but it's not the IMF. This is not the only one where Ethan actually has the backing of the IMF. <laughs> That's the best. Um, no, like the the finale with the helicopters, bringing back Solomon Lane, I think was such a great choice uh, to make the syndicate like a bit like seem like a bigger deal throughout the franchise. Um, Rebecca Ferguson once again cements herself as being like, look, this character, the character of Elsa Faust, is here to stay in this franchise. No, Fallout is great, and I think it's a great addition to this list. Mm -hmm. John, yeah, I think this is my favorite. Um, oh, maybe I like the first one more, but Fallout is definitely up there. Um, yeah, I love that last helicopter scene. I, I love the stakes to it. Boatman, you're right. I think sort of making this kind of a direct sequel. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think the general effect that you described, I think, I think that's true. And I think that does add a sort of to the weightiness of the film. Henry Cavill, you know, it's, it's great. Love that. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> Look, I I'm hating Imagine Dragons, but even I can't hate Friction because of oh, the so literally like top five trailer songs. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Sometimes I'll just do this like before doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and fight the friction. Let's go, uh, Mike. Yeah, John brought it up. The reloading of the arms is fucking. Amazing. <laughs> the only fucking guy to do it and fucking incredible. I love this movie so much. And Tom Cruise breaking his foot from that jump from building to building and finishing the fucking take the way he does is fucking amazing. Tom Cruise is the ultimate action star. Like the man continuously builds up the tension. He does death defying stunts and he just continues to amaze me of the the spots he's willing to go to to get the ultimate fucking stunt done and this movie is no exception this is an incredible fucking film i just rewatched the trailer today for this and that the fucking song bowman yeah it's fucking perfect with this trailer it's amazing probably one of my favorite trailers of all time it's so fucking great yeah it's 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 an awesome trailer top tier trailer legitimately that'd be a fun logged at some time it's just movie trailers not oh, yeah. That's fucking great. Honestly, that might be down the pipeline. If there's a week where there's nothing really coming out, keep an eye out for that one. I think we might do that sometime. Uh, now we go. That was me. So now we go to Payson. 
Yeah, so uh, Mission Impossible Fallout was an incredible culmination of 22 years of movies. Uh, the movie I'm picking is another spy movie with 50 years of culmination. I'm, of course, talking about Skyfall. Uh, I'm not the biggest James Bond fan. This is easily my personal favorite. I think this movie is amazing. Uh, making James Bond tangible, I think, was one of the best decisions I think they could have made. One of the more interesting ones. Like, we've seen him get out of all of these, like, impossible situations and finally saying, like, look, dude, you're getting old. And, like, um, you can't keep doing this for a while. And he's like, oh. But I think I gotta go do one more mission. Uh, it's a horrible British accent. But um, but yeah, I th I uh, love that uh, his relationship with M in this movie uh, is really good and really like sort of like heartfelt. Like I think Judy Dench is excellent. Uh, Javier Bardem as Raul Silva, so creepy but so threatening. Hands down, the best Bond villain of the uh, Daniel Craig era. Uh, this movie should have won best cinematography at the Oscars. Like. Roger Deakins should have seven Oscars at this point. Uh, all respect to Life of Pi. This was the best shot movie uh, of that year. Um, yeah, just the Komodo Dragons. I love Komodo Dragons. Seeing a scene where he's fighting Komodo Dragons, that's just straight awesome. Uh, um, the ending in the house. Um, I think most people know the Albert Finney part was supposed to be Sean Connery. As cool as that would have been, I still like Albert Finney there. Uh, yeah, I just love Skyfall. Yeah. Uh, John? Um, yeah, I like it. Um, I have kind of mixed feelings about Sam Mendes as, as a director. Um, just cause I don't know. It, it's just like, there's sorts, there's like a level to, to of prestige to it, which I, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but I'm just sort of in my own, I, I'm not like a huge Bond guy, but in my own exploration of Bond, I kind of like it when it's a little bit less, less serious and a little more kooky. Or, or lizard brained in the case of like Quantum of Solace. So, um, to see this movie like, it, like its need to feel like prestigious, that's it, just something sort of a, 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 as a matter of like personal taste that I don't necessarily connect with. But I also agree with Payson, where like it's it's a gorgeous film. I totally agree with the Deacon's take. Um, the action set pieces that they do, uh, excellent. Uh, I don't know that last that last fight uh, in that cabin alone. That, like how the film ends is is one of my favorites of probably of the franchise. So, yeah, I like it a lot. I like it. Yeah. Not my favorite of the Craig, but yeah. Uh, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm not really a James Bond fan, and other than Casino Royale, the Daniel Craig Bonds kind of blend together for me. So I don't really remember what the fuck happened in this movie. So I can't really say anything. That's fair. Uh, yeah, this is a movie kind of similar to Mad Max Fury Road. I appreciate it more than I actually love it. I It's one I've given multiple chances to, and I just don't get, like, I don't know what it is for me, why this movie just doesn't click as well as it should. Because I on paper, I should love this movie. It's got, like, a little bit of Nolan influences. Silva is a great villain. There's a lot of, like, interesting philosophical stuff here it just doesn't pan out for me i don't know as a whole i'd still it's like four out of five for me so it's not like i dislike it. i i think it's a really good movie it just doesn't hit that echelon that it does for everyone else and i don't know why it is. um but it's still really good like there's a lot of great things i love silva's introduction 
genuinely fantastic. Oh, so walking forward. Um, it's, it is a really well done movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, so now, uh, no, that was Pacey. So now we go back over to John. Oh gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> what to pick? Um, okay. I'll go with another martial arts movie, I guess. Okay. Uh, this one I think is a little bit of a hot take, but I'm going to go with the raid to Garrett Edwards. Um, uh, a lot of people like the first raid or love the first raid because of its economy. It's a very simple concept. There are bad guys at the top of this tower. You are at the bottom of this tower. Fight your way to the top of this tower. Uh, and at the end of the raid one, you have a little bit of background story that's kind of interjected, uh, add some stakes. Uh, yeah. And then the whole way through, it's just brutal combat. Uh, part two <laughs> does not do that. Part two uh, basically turns into Infernal Affairs or The Departed. You have like this whole uh, Yakuza story uh, where like you have a character that tries to, like the main character tries, Iko Uwais' character tries to inf infiltrate this gang. Um, yeah, it's basically like The Departed, but with more action and I'm I'm a little bit mixed on that. I don't. I, some people really dislike it. I, I don't mind it. I think it's I think it's interesting. Uh, but the reason why people come to these raid movies is for is for the action, and um, <laughs> it doesn't really get a whole lot more brutal than than this movie. Like the they they just they take you know what would be like a simple sort of action concept in terms of choreography, and they just so like instead of just like having somebody get elbowed, you get somebody you elbow somebody and you see their nose break and blood go everywhere and then they fall to the ground and then you see their head like crushed or like in the prison scene i remember seeing like a trip and it looked like a pretty bad trip somebody gets like their ankle shattered and then it go and then like you would logically it would stop there but no instead you see like somebody going for a headlock and then see like their jaw sort of ripped apart like that like it just it just kind of goes nuts with it it's a little bit all over the place because like not like they introduce a lot of characters not all of them you spend a ton of time with um and, and the focus is really just on the action like with the baseball uh with like the baseball guy uh with the hammer girl uh it, it's, it's it's all a little bit disparate but it's it's great and it's absolutely brutal and i love it um and again this is one of those movies where like the last 30 minutes or so is just like it's exactly what you want uh, out of an action film where you have one uh, that that I guess is sort of where the economy of the first one comes into play after all of the story where you just have Iko Uwais walk into the walk into the lair with all the bad guys and just fights through an entire army of them one by one just getting slashed and getting crushed all, all the way through and just like fighting through the pain and Merkin fools uh, you're just like destroying them, like destroying limbs, destroying necks, everything. It's it's just really brutal and frequently disgusting, but always amazing. Um, underrated action flick for sure, uh, in my opinion. Hopefully, I think some of you have seen this. We'll see. So, yeah. That's fair. Uh, I've never seen the raid two or the first raid. I've heard really good things about the first raid. I had never really heard anything about the second raid. Um, but Mike... Actually, Payson, have you seen The Raid 2? I have not, but I really want to watch it. That's fair. I figured Mike has actually seen this one. Yeah, I've, I've seen this one. I definitely like the first one better, but I do think the sec the second one widening, like uh, exploring more of the world of it, 
is a plus for sure. I think that action kind of suffers from it not being as close and tight knit as the first one is, but yeah. I still enjoy it. I think it's still a fun action movie for sure. Yeah, that prison riot scene is great, amazing. And then of course the end. So I agree though. Not not as much close quarters. Needs more. That's true. Uh, well, uh, Mike, take us home. All right. Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> Murtaugh and Riggs versus South Africans. Fucking fantastic. And uh, fucking uh, the introduction of Joe Pesci in the franchise is fucking incredible. Joe Pesci steals the fucking movie from both Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in this. He's so fucking funny in this. And they have a sequence at a bank with Joe Pesci and Danny Glover trying to provide a distraction for Mel Gibson to um, uh, head upstairs to confront the villain. And it's so fucking hilarious. This movie does what an uh, action sequel should do. It takes everything you love about the first one and ups it by fucking 10. It's more action, more comedy. Mel Gibson is finally out of his darker stage like he was in the first one. He's more open, especially with Danny Glover. The fights are incredible, and his interactions with um, uh, the main South African guy, that I can never remember his name, but uh, from uh, Mighty Ducks, uh, fucking guy, I can never fucking remember his name. But yeah, the interactions between both of them are fantastic, and the ending of him going diplomatic immunity and shooting him right in the fucking face and saying it's been revoked is incredible. It's so great. I love this movie so much. Uh, I've never seen the entirety of Lethal Weapon 2. I've seen bits and pieces. I remember really liking what I saw, and I don't remember why I never finished it. Uh, but I want to give this one another watch, because I really love the first Lethal Weapon movie, even though it's been a minute. Jason? I have not seen the second one. I love the first one. I've wanted to watch the second one. I hear Joe Pesci is great. But, yeah, I have not seen this one. Okay. Uh, John? Yeah, I have a vague memory of watching this one and the first one on, on TV when I was, like, 12. Um, I remember, like, just comparing the two that this one is just, like, you're right. It goes way bigger. It is deeply stupid, but in an extremely good way. Uh, and, yeah, I'll have to revisit these because I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid, but I, I only sort of remember like, small details here and there. So, yeah. Well, uh, that's it for the action movie sequel segment. The movies chosen were Police Story 3, Super Cop, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chat, T2 Judgment Day, Kill Zone 2, Mad Max, Fury Road, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Skyfall, The Raid, Lethal Weapon 2. Now, we get to the last thing, the movie of the month, which is In Bruges. Uh, Payson, you've already talked about it, right? Yes, yes. yes I, I can't remember. Have you talked I about have, it? Uh, I was supposed to be on uh, the Stephen King. Episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay, yeah, so uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are fucking amazing in this. Colin Farrell versus the overweight family on the steps is one of the funniest fucking scenes I've ever seen in my life, especially when the dude starts chasing him and he barely has to run away. He's running around. <laughs> the way he fucking, like, slowly runs away, not even going full speed. It's fucking hilarious. And then um, the stuff between Colin Farrell and the little actor is fucking 
amazing in this. Their interactions together, especially when the dude just starts getting high. <laughs> it becomes like a little racist. <laughs> Colin Brown just doesn't really know how to react to him. It's just comic gold. And then I just love that this this movie can be so funny and then so sad, especially towards the end. It gets very emotional and very deep in the best way possible. They, like, both of them on Cut One while Fines coming in is fucking great. Yeah, this is one of my favorite action movies. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, now we go, uh, oh, now we go over to John. <coughs> I will yeah. actually interject quickly. One of my favorite watching experiences was double featuring this and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang around Christmas time with Mike. Legitimately <laughs> fantastic Christmas crime film double. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Go ahead, John. Yeah, so uh, I have a little bit of a connection to this film because um, before before coming to the U.S. To, to attend university. I actually lived in Belgium for 15 years. Uh, and so I've been to Bruges uh, a, a number of times. And one thing um, revisiting, I haven't seen this film since, oh gosh, probably middle school. But one of the things that I remember uh, that, I, that I sort of attached myself to on this, on this viewing is that it, it really does justice to the city uh, of Bruges. Bruges is a, is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, one of the highlights of of Belgium in terms of like tourism, uh, it's called the Venice of the North for a reason. Um, so I really like that, but it also it's also very good at sort of capturing sort of general like dreariness of Belgium too. It, it's a little bit of a dreary country to live in, uh, and so um, I don't mean that in almost a bad way. It's like kind of nostalgic, right? Because like you don't have that kind of medieval architecture. Um, you know, that, that just doesn't exist in the Midwest, US, United States, right? So it, it's kind of nostalgic just to see that because my hometown in, in Belgium, it wasn't as beautiful as, as Rouge, but it was like, it had similar sort of old fashioned buildings and it's just kind of nice to see. Um, yeah, as for, the, as for the rest of the film, I, I, I like it still. I generally enjoy it. Um, of course, the central performances, um, yeah, uh, Colin Farrell, but especially Brendan Gleeson. Um, I think they're very, very, very funny. Uh, uh, Ray Fiennes plays against type a little bit here. He has an, he has excellent one-liners in the film. Excellent one-liners just kind of all over the film in general. Um, yeah, Mike Mike's right. It's a combination of funny and sad. If there's one thing that um, maybe I didn't appreciate as much this time is that, uh, and this has been mentioned uh, previously, is that the film uh, does have like a lot of its comedy is a little bit off color and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I wasn't offended by it. That kind of comedy, you know, belongs in movies or it does, uh, okay, you know, it, it has a place. It's just that um, my own sort of personal taste, uh, it, it's kind of evolved away from like kind of laughing at kind of like nihilist sort of edgelord humor a little bit. And I, again, it's not really so much offensive as, as I kind of find it a little bit annoying. I, I've generally struggled with that in Martin McDonough movies and also guys like um, Matthew Vaughn and, and, and the like. But uh, in general, yeah, I, I still enjoyed it a lot on, the, on this recent revisit. So it's good. All right. Well, uh, now we go over now. No, that's the end of the show. Oh, Mike, what do you give this out of five? Oh, five out of five. It's a great fucking movie. John? Uh, I mean, I don't give half star. I give it a three on Letterboxd, but I'd probably give it a three and a half. I don't give half stars, so, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, 
uh, now uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, next week, we've got... What do we've got? Next week, we've got movies you wish you saw in the theater. This should be a fun, interesting one. Week after that, if you want to be on this, uh, June 7th, third movie in a series. We're going to be posting a thing, but also if you want to be on these, uh, just message me or Tim and we'll get you on. Space movies, that should be fun. Uh, biopics and movie spinoffs. So be sure to sign up for all of those thank you everyone for watching thank you to sean thank you to mike thank you to payson this was an excellent show tonight thank you everyone for watching jake joseph garth kaiser chris uh i might adelaide uh i might have missed somebody uh but yeah everyone who's watching thank you uh yeah great show have a good one in case i don't see you Good afternoon, good evening, good evening.